If you've been on the gut health journey for any time at all now, the big question you are probably asking yourself right now is, how do I get better? And what do I need to get better? You've tried all the normal gut health things, you've changed your diet, maybe gone gluten-free, stuck to the low FODMAP diet, done all the blood work and lab tests, but no doctor has helped you and no blog post or meditation app has set you free from constantly trying to feel better and still not feeling better. On today's episode, I'm talking with you about why you need a team to crack down on your gut health, the key barriers that keep you from choosing your team, and how you can create the gut health team of your dreams to help you get from sick and stuck to free and fully you. If you are ready to get over being stuck in your health, then this episode is for you. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clinics clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. This episode was inspired by a book that I read this spring while I was approaching my maternity leave, and uh, it was the book Boundaries for Leaders by Dr. Henry Cloud. And if you are familiar at all in the boundaries conversation, you know that Dr. Cloud and his co co-author of the original boundaries book, Dr. Townsend, they are psychologists who have essentially written the book on boundaries. And they have a specific book that Dr. Cloud further wrote after their original boundaries book on boundaries for leaders and how to become the best leader possible. And there was this quote in the book that I read and remember reading. And I immediately, when I read it, thought, I want to make a podcast episode on this. The quote was having to do with him giving advice to people who are CEOs or top executives in their company saying, talking about the problems that you run into when you're in a leadership position like that. But when I read it, I immediately thought of the fact that in our lives and in in your health, you are technically the CEO of your company. You're the you're the CEO of your health and your body. And by that I mean that when you when you're the CEO, you're the highest person in leadership. There is no one higher than you telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and there's no one else in control of determining how you are supposed to achieve your desired results. This is the problem that that you run into when that is the case, whether you're the CEO of a company or you're the CEO of your health, which you are, the problem that Dr. Cloud says you run into is a matter of the problem of physics. And what he says is that when you are in a top leadership role like that, you don't have anybody pouring into you kind of built in, somebody telling you what to do or keeping you accountable, all these different things, you are in a physics problem. It is a problem or of inertia, or rather it's a problem of a closed system where inertia actually you lose momentum over time. Here's how the quote goes. Dr. Cloud says, since your direction depends so much upon you and with so much hanging in the balance, there's a question that becomes very important to answer. How are you leading yourself? 
The law is this. The higher you go in leadership, the fewer external forces act upon you and dictate your focus, energy, and direction. Instead, you set the terms of engagement and direct your own path. The problem with this scenario is that in physics of both leadership and of science, a closed system will slowly lose energy and become more chaotic over time, not more organized. A closed system means if you swing a pendulum and you don't do anything else to it, it will slow down over time to the point where it is completely still. But if an outside force comes in, say you move your hand or you push the pendulum, you help swing the pendulum, then that system can grow again. This pendulum stays in motion. You are the same way in your health. If you, in your self-leadership, get no outside input in your health, that could be books, people, courses, family members, educators, etc., your base level of health or of leadership in your health is going to degrade. Or if anything, you're going to you're not going to gain more momentum. You at most might stay in the same place. And that is what inspired me. And when, as soon as I read that quote, I knew what he was talking about in terms of health because I've seen it over and over again in both my life and the lives of my clients. When you don't get outside input into your health, you eventually become, you, you lose momentum. You lose that inertia that you have in your health. And the big thing that gets confusing in all of this or, or that I'd say makes us the, the, the catch to this, this problem of getting input in our lives and in our health so that we can keep moving forward is the fact that we think a lot of times that if we're reading blogs and we're reading books and we're doing all this stuff, that we are getting input. And the big thing is, is even if you're getting input and what I see over and over again is people reading blogs and asking questions and, and reading books and going and seeing doctors and yet they're not getting better. This is where the team comes in. And this is what I wanted to talk with you guys about today. If you are not getting better and you have not been getting better, then the input, you're either not getting enough input into your life. You're not getting the right kinds of input. You're not getting different enough input or you are continuing to take in the same type of input and it's not the right kind. Does that sound, make sense guys? So you need a team. And the big thing that a team does for you is it helps get you new information. It helps get you new new intelligence, new insight. And it helps you see blind spots that you have that you do not realize that you are just not seeing on your own. A lot of times I'm in, I go and do a lot of health training seminars. They're three and four day seminars. Uh, most of the time I do it for craniosacral therapy, visceral manipulation. I take lots of courses in functional medicine, functional lab testing, constantly, constantly learning about things. And one of the things that I hear over and over again, even at these conferences and these training seminars from experts is you always need to be getting work and health work on yourself. It's not just enough for me to know how to do craniosacral therapy or or visceral manipulation, or functional lab testing, it's important that I actually personally, me, Allison, submit myself to another health practitioner, not even necessarily because they're smarter than me or because they've been in practice longer than me. They could be know exactly the same thing as me, but because they're not me, because they're outside of me, Allison, they look at my body differently. They see things differently than me, and they can have insights and aha moments and make connections that I I would not otherwise make connections on, on my own. And so when you have a team, there are three things that happen that, that, that make fireworks in your health. And that is what I'm going to be talking about today. So three reasons why you need a team. Number one, you get further. 
When my clients start working with me, I often have them measure on a scale of zero to 10 the intensity of their top five symptoms. These top five symptoms are, of all the symptoms they're having, the ones that are impacting their life the most. And usually when they scale these on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the worst, we're usually in the eight to 10 range, like how intense it is. And these are, they're not being dramatic. It's merely how it is. And so I even have clients that <laughs> they've actually rated their the intensity of their symptoms on a scale of zero to 10. And when they start working with me, they'll rate it as a six. And when they end working with me and they'll look back on the, fir- the number that they gave themselves and they'll say, oh yeah, that wasn't even a six out of 10. That was, things were way worse. It was probably closer to an eight out of 10 intensity. I didn't realize how bad it was. So when they come, their things are really going. It's it's not going well, and and they're trying their best, and they've done the low FODMAP diet, and they've done all these things, and they're still experiencing bloating and constipation and all this stuff going on. And on their best days, or whenever they've gotten the most impact, usually they say they've only improved a point or two. You know, they're an eight out of ten intensity, and on their best days, or when when they've gotten the most impact out of something else they've tried in nutrition, or in a doctor's visit, or medication they tried, maybe improves to a six out of ten. That's not very far for improvement. But then by the time that they're three months or six months into working with me, they're now suddenly at a three out of 10 intensity, a two out of 10 intensity, a one out of 10 intensity. That's 50% to 80% to even 100% better from what they started with in their constipation, their bloating, their pain, their fatigue, their joint pain, all this different stuff going on. And so when you have a team with you, you have all these different insights and, and people, and we're going to be talking, I'm going to tell, talk to you about the different types of people you can have on your team, but you have all this different energy points coming in and keeping you from being that closed system that Dr. Cloud talks about, that where you're losing that inertia, that pendulum that's slowing down and how it swings and where you're not getting further anymore with the same type of input or honestly, even maybe lack of input that you you've been getting. So number one, when you have a team, you get further because you have more people looking in on you, more people giving you feedback, more people uh, just caring about you and noticing what things that make you improve, things that don't, more knowledge bases that can say, ah, this looks like this pattern. Let's look into this thing in your body and in your health so that you can get the most out of your changes that you might try to make to make yourself healthier. So number one, you get further with a team. Number two, you're going to get to your goal, your destination in your health faster with a team. A lot of times before working with me, my clients um, will say, I've been dealing with this thing for I'd say on average, it's going to be between one years to 10 years. We have clients who say, I've been dealing with this for 20 years or 30 years. I've been dealing with this ever since I had my first child. I've been dealing with this ever since I had my third child, ever since I went to college, ever since I've been in high school. Those are the most common age ranges that we hear. And that's a long time to be struggling with something and not finding a solution. Typically, uh, while they are very much trying to find a solution, that they are my clients that work with me, they are not just waiting around, they're actually actively seeking what's going on. So before working with me, it's taken years to really not get where they want. And then once working with me, what hadn't happened in years or even decades will happen in months, weeks, or even days. I have podcast testimonials that we have on had on this podcast of one of my clients, Abby, for example, one who came on, and I'll put the link in the show notes from her podcast episode, but my client Abby came in and she had intense sugar cravings as just one of her symptoms going on bloating and poor sleep and fatigue and needing naps all day. and But one of them was sugar cravings. And she had told me, Allison, I've been dealing with sugar cravings for forever. And I'm a ultra marathon runner. And I don't know why I can't say no to my sugar cravings. I want you to you know, smack me up and keep me accountable. And I said, you know what, Abby, I don't need to keep you accountable because we're going to help heal your body. And then your body is going to remove these food cravings, these sugar cravings from your life. Now, Abby wasn't sure if she believed me, but she said, okay, Alison, I'm going to trust you. You're a part of my team. 
and I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm going to trust you to try a new thing and to get a result because what I've been doing hasn't been working. We did several functional tests, including a food sensitivity test. And on her food sensitivity test, we found out she was sensitive to broccoli and spinach. And this was actually because of her eating it so often that she had developed this food sensitivity as a temporary, not permanent, but temporary food sensitivity. We took those two foods out of her diet, which she was eating every morning in a healthy egg white omelet, which she thought was, oh, egg whites and veggies. This is healthy. But we took that spinach and broccoli out. And in three days, her sugar cravings decreased 80%. That was way faster than anything we'd done before. And then I had another client her which who came onto my podcast also about a year and a half ago. Her name is C, and she came with massive chronic pain problems and insomnia problems. And after working together, uh, she and she'd been dealing with those problems for decades, uh, ever since having a child and then having multiple back surgeries and all these different things going on. And in just a few weeks after doing several functional tests lab test. We did a pathogen test using stool. We did a hormone test. We got an idea of what's going on in her body. And we started dealing with that through functional medicine and through supplements and through diet change and lifestyle change and helping her body detox. Her, she started sleeping through the night and she started having pain that was on a 10 out of 10 level, 8 out of 10 level intensity, pain that would wake her up at night. And she was able to finally sleep through the night and not have that kind of chronic muscle stiffness and joint pain and whole body pain and abdominal pain. And that's, you know, going from decades of problems and surgeries and doctor's visits and things not working to things improving in days for my client, Abby, weeks for my client, C. For some of my clients, it's taken months. I recently had one of my clients, Rachel, come onto the podcast and we can leave a link in the show notes for her testimonial episode. But I've done about one testimonial episode every month for the past 12 months and it's a We've missed a couple months because we were putting other content in. But if you look, there's going to be about one testimonial every single four episodes every month. And so check that out. Listen to our testimonials. See how long it takes our clients to get better. It is faster. And listen, do they do our clients talk on the testimonial episodes about how long they had been feeling poorly and compare the two? Even ask yourself, how long have you been feeling poorly and how fast would you like to get better? But that is that. So get, having a team helps you get there faster. And when you have a team, you have camaraderie and that ultimately leads you to having greater endurance. So when you have a team, you have people who can comfort you and support you and strengthen you when maybe you're tired of having to go down the road you're being recommended or you're really frustrated that you had a bad off day, even though things are overall improving. There's a verse in the Bible that says, it's Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, and it says, woe to him who falls and has no one to help him up. When you have a team, and again, I'm going to be talking shortly about who can be on that team, who's included in that team, you're going to have greater endurance for the good times and the bad times, and you're going to have affirmation uh, for things that you might not see. There are so many times that I tell my clients, this is ways that I've seen you grow, not just like grow in symptom improvements, but grow as a person, grow in perseverance, grow in ownership, grow in joy, grow in, in, in contentment. My clients often don't realize they're even feeling better until we actually have them at three months and at six months refill out an Excel sheet form that had all their symptoms that they started with from day one. And then they fill it out 90 days later and then 90 days after that. And when they fill it out there, I, I often ask them, hey, how does this hit you? Were you? Did you realize how much better you were feeling or how much poorer you had been feeling three months ago? And many times they didn't even realize all how much had improved or they don't even see how much hard work they'd been putting in. And camaraderie and of that team, people being with you as you heal, also means that when you start feeling better, you have people who can celebrate with you. When you have more energy, when you lose weight or slim down or just feel more comfortable in your clothes, when you can eat with 
your friends again, when you can maintain your health without having to work so hard, the people who are on your team are the people who are going to be celebrating the hardest with you and just being the most jubilant about the way that your life has changed. So those are three reasons that you want to have a team. You're going to get further, you're going to get there faster, and you're going to have that camaraderie so you can have that endurance to get to where you want to be. Now that leads us to who can be on your team? Like what qualifies as your gut health team, Allison? Like what am I talking about? So people who can be on your team and what counts is almost anyone. So you can have family on your team. You can have a spouse, children, parents, siblings. Um, Some of my client's greatest health partners have been family members. They've been husbands. My client, Rachel, if you go listen to her testimonial from this month, her greatest partner in her health journey was 100% her husband because her husband was the one who said, hey, we don't, I don't want you to feel so gross anymore. Why don't, is there anything we can do to help you in your health? And she said up until he, he mentioned that she was kind of just making up excuses and reasons why, well, my health's not that bad. I'm not in the hospital. Things could be worse. I'm not going to do anything about it. But he was her greatest team member. Um, Family is not always the greatest members of our team. And if family has not or is not for you, the best uh, place for you to find members and partners in your health then you don't have to go there. Don't go there. Um, Pick people who are safe and support you. But ask yourself, do you have anybody in your family, whether it's an immediate family member, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, you have anybody who would be or is already supportive of you that you could consider a part of your team, that you could intentionally seek out to say, hey, I'd like to, you've been so supportive of me, Can, can I officially ask you to just be a part of my support team as I heal, as I, can you ask me about how I'm doing or what I'm doing in my health? Can you encourage me? Can you, can you keep an eye out or an ear out for anybody who might be able to help me? Those would be ways that family members can be on your gut health team. You can have friends be on your gut health team, which is going to be pretty similar to your family. They're going to be people, coworkers or people at your church or in a community that you're a part of, neighbors. Um, A lot of times it can be someone, maybe it's a friend who's been through something similar to you who also has an autoimmune disease or who has tried to do diet changes, who can eat the same food as you, who knows restaurants that you can both go to that's safe for you. Uh, Those types of things are going to be wonderful ways that friends can be a part of that journey. And they're going to be, and they are a huge part of your health um, when when you're trying to find that endurance and you're trying to find more answers and who can help you. If you've ever recommended one of these podcast episodes or maybe you were someone who this podcast, the Better Belly podcast was recommended to you, that friend, or you might have been being the friend of somebody else in their health, or maybe another friend of yours was being was being a part of your team by recommending this podcast or a book. But those are another other people who can be on your gut health team. Who do you have on your uh, gut health team who's a friend or a family member? Next, you have health practitioners, and these are going to be trained professionals who understand something about health that is going to be a part of you having better gut health. And that could be chiropractors, acupuncturists, functional health practitioners, body workers, yoga, breath work, coaches, all sorts of stuff, and all sorts of health practitioners can be out there and a part of your team. And how many people you need who are health professionals is going to probably vary throughout different seasons of your life. Um, how, who's most involved, who's getting you the most traction in your health is going to vary. And there's just different seasons we go through. But the truth is, is that if you're going to, if you want to be making traction in your gut health and you're currently not making that traction, Consider and ask yourself, do I have a health practitioner right now who is actually helping me make those gains, who's helping me see the next steps that I want to take? And then lastly, the another group of people you can have on your gut health team is what I like to call a support group. That could be a Facebook group that's all about being gluten-free or all about being low FODMAP or all about 
whatever it is, constipation or um, IBS, but having those people there, um, really looking for a group that doesn't just complain, but actually has positivity, has resources, has um, at least that comfort or the empathy of understanding, how do I talk to my family or my spouse about this? How do I talk? How do you, how do you talk with your boss about your health? All those different things uh, you can find in a support group and with people who are in a support group. It could be a group program, somebody who's going through the same thing as you, who's um, taking the same steps in their health in a group health program. It could be group counseling as well. Those are three different examples of like a support group-esque version of something that's a part of your gut health team that's helping you get from point A in your health of sick and stuck to point B of being free and fully you. So what health partners can do for you? Why would you want a health partner? Whether, and this is both family and friends or health professionals or that support group. Um, these people can help see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Like my client, Rachel, her husband said, look, your symptoms are really, really bad and let's do something about it. Up until he said that, she didn't perceive her symptoms as as bad enough to do something about. And yet, as soon as she started tackling them and improving in them, she started feeling that she had more space in her in her body and in her heart and in her mind for all these other things that she didn't realize her symptoms were just taking up energy and time and effort and focus from her. Uh, people on your team can help keep you accountable. They can remind you why you have taken the path you're taking, why you made the changes you're making, why you're investing in yourself, using your time, your energy, or your money to get healthy. They can keep you reminded of your goals um, and also of the progress that you've made. They can keep you accountable to even remembering the past, how bad things had been or how, how much you have improved. And health partners can also help do the work with you. I love this bullet point. I love this aspect of health partners. When you have, I've had clients whose spouses or friends have changed their diet with them, even though they didn't have to, they've changed their budget with them. They've helped, you know, my clients prioritize buying or funding, buying supplements or, or different types of foods, you know, sometimes going gluten-free or going grain-free is a little bit more expensive, but it's just helping them cook, going on walks with them, just being a part of that journey and actually doing the work of healing with them is another way that health partners can, can help you get further and farther in your gut health. Uh, and, and with all this, I wanted to, so as I was writing all this down and thinking about, well, what are all the benefits of having a gut health team? What's the benefits of having a health partners and, and who can partner with you? I also thought about what are the reasons we don't choose a team? And there were three reasons that I realized that we don't choose teams to help us in our health. One is it is initially not faster to actually have a team. It's not faster to get to point A and point Z. You know what's fast? What's fast is pulling up your phone, typing into Google, how do I get rid of bloating, and doing whatever in the first 10 steps of, of the blog post you found, whatever it says there to do that, do those things. That's really fast. That takes 30 seconds takes a minute, maybe five minutes if you're kind of being picky and, and comparing articles and, and trying to find something you haven't tried before. That is fast, though. Just you and your phone, you and whatever it is you think you want to try. Going on to Amazon and buying that, you know, parasite cleanse, that's fast. But picking a team that means vetting team members. That means finding the members that you want to pick, thinking through your friend list. Um, it means having a conversation with somebody that could be a family member. It could be a boss. Maybe you have a really awesome um, work situation or maybe even just an average one, but you need to have a conversation with your boss and say, this is what's going on in my health. Could I have, um, could we talk about ways that my, we can, you can partner with me so that I have more flexible work schedule or I can work from home a little bit, whatever it is that takes a conversation. It takes time. It might, they might be asking you questions or, or it might take multiple conversations. You have to have conversations with potential health providers. If you want to pick a health professional, 
you're maybe listening to their podcast, what you're doing right now, you're reading their books, you're, you're on their website, you're, you're at, you're reading their reviews. It takes time. You're showing up for an initial appointment to see what are they all about. Um, you're maybe asking for recommendations from friends, all these things. It initially is not faster, um, when you are picking members of a team. And so that, that initial slowness is one reason that it is, it can be a little grueling to pick a team and you're like, you know what? I'd just rather pick a blog post or I'd rather listen to a podcast episode. I'd rather try something where it's just me and that thing rather than having another person really, because teams are made up of people, right? But having another person be a part of this. Another reason that we don't choose a team is a team can cost you. And there's a variety of different costs going on here. I actually was surprised by by some of the ones that we came up here. I, I initially wrote down money because, yes, when I've picked team members, I've picked chiropractors and acupuncturists and craniosacral therapists and home birth midwives and doulas and all sorts of stuff, right? That it to, to be able to access their their intelligence in their education and have them really look me over thoroughly it did cost money it does cost money but it but and we're going to get to ways that we can get over these these three things and and that includes money money is ultimately not going does not need to be a barrier but it can be just that initial shock of like ah that would take money why isn't insurance covering it that's its own thing but that is one reason we don't pick a team. And I want you to ask yourself, is that one reason that you're not picking team members because maybe they would cost money? Another thing that can cost us when we're picking team members, it can cost us vulnerability, that kind of emotional being open and bare of saying, I am sick. I'm not feeling well. Can you help me? Could I put up a boundary and say, um, you know, I can't watch the kids as often to your grandchildren because you're not feeling well. Or do you need to go and submit a medical leave or uh, for your work so you're not working as many hours or you have a break from work? Uh, that all involves vulnerability and that can be costly and be like, nah, no thanks. I'm not going to have a team. I don't want to have a team because it would require vulnerability. It would require being seen. Just ask yourself, does that feel like why you might be struggling having someone on your team. And a team can cost you lifestyle. It can cost you control because you might have somebody recommend changes to your life that that you are used to having, your norms. And those can be really painful and costly to say, I'm going to sacrifice something that feels normal in my life. Ask yourself, is that a reason that maybe you're afraid or, or kind of resisted creating a team for yourself. And then lastly, a third reason that we don't choose a team is just lack of trust. And I see this one maybe more often than any of these other two. But number one, it's lack of trust in your body and yourself. And I see this all the time. Can my body actually get better? Can your body actually get better? A lot of times I hear people, my clients who end up working with me say, oh, I heard all your testimonials on your podcast, Allison, and they're so great, but that was somebody else. And I didn't think it would work for me. And eventually they say, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on myself and I'm going to try and see what I can learn from my body. I'm going to do this functional lab testing. I'm going to get to the root cause of what's going on. I'm going to start testing and stop guessing in my health. And I'm going to see what happens. But the initial fear that they share is, is I don't think my body can get better. And I've lost, I've lost, you actually lose trust in your body. The more that time goes on and the few, and the more things that don't help you get better, that other supplement, that other medication, that other doctor visit, that other specialist, that other surgery sometimes even didn't work what can actually make me feel better? And that's just a gen, just a, just looking at that. Does that feel like something that is holding you back? And then for lack of trust, we also have, I see a lack of trust in the practitioner. I've seen that in myself for sure. I've seen it in other clients. I've heard people talk about it. And the question really is, can this person help me get better? Can this chiropractor, can this functional health practitioner, can this body worker, acupuncturist, breath work, whatever, yoga person. Can this person, is this the right person for me? And that's its own thing. So how do you overcome these roadblocks to choosing a team? 
Number one, when it comes to faster, like it's just going to take a little bit of time to vet someone. I want you to keep in mind and focus on the long run. My clients genuinely had faster results, but in the long run, it did take them time to find me and pick me and vet me and talk to me. It took time for them to come to that point where they said, I trust this person. I'm going to do this thing. And they had to find me even. Even that was its own process. Maybe there was Google searching involved or or being in a certain group, all the different ways that you find your 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 team. It it happens in different ways. But uh, the the long run, in the long run, it was faster. And so focus on the long run. If you are kind of getting hung up with, I just don't know who to pick or where to find them. I mean, you're listening to a podcast. So you're doing some of the work. Congratulations. Give yourself brownie points for that. You're looking for someone and I might not be the right person for you, but I do hope that this podcast episode helps you think through some of your options of, of how do you, like what's holding you back in a team? Do you have a gut health team? Is there anybody that you could invite onto your team that you haven't thought of yet? Or is there anybody who you've been thinking about inviting to your team, but, but you, there's kind of been a reason, some, some reason that you've been dragging your feet on it. You're not quite sure think about these things. Um, are you focusing on the long run results? Are you ready to make that choice so that you can have faster results? Uh, number two, when it comes to cost, and there's those three different types of costs I mentioned, there's one money. Remember, money is designed to help us improve our lives. It is not an end in and of itself. Like if you just have money sitting in your savings account, I mean, it's there for an emergency, but it's not doing anything. I mean, it could be accruing some interest or things like that, but but it's you want to make sure your money is working for you. And that could be in the bank or outside of the bank. But where is it going to be working the most? If you're going to compare, you know, a 2% interest or a 0.2% interest or whatever it is on the money, wherever you have money, you know, hanging out right now, could you get a higher interest rate in your own body, in your own health? If you get energy back, if you can enjoy being with your family, enjoy vacations, enjoy travel, have better focus at work, sleep better, wake up, you know, parent your kids better, enjoy your kids more, all those things. If you can have more space mentally and physically for, for to work and to be, do things that you're passionate about for your hobbies, for the places you want to make impact in your life, um, how much more could you make out of all of that than just the money that it would cost to invest in it. So money is a tool. It's something we exchange to get something more valuable out of it. So is your health more valuable to you than money? The next, I mean, and that's something that you're going to have to ask yourself, but I want to say yes and ask yourself, do you believe that? If you don't, you might never get over that, that barrier and that hump. But if your health is more valuable to money, figure out a way that you can invest in your health and slowly get to that point. Because a lot of times as you heal, you start to be making more money. You start to to not need to spend as much money on things like like days paid or not paid time off, but taking time off and medical leave and all that things. You get more return back to your body and back to your health when you are healthy. Um, if, it, if vulnerability is the cost you're considering, I want you to consider this quote by Brene Brown. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Can you guys, you guys hear that? It is not winning or losing. Vulnerability isn't, isn't like, oh, I was vulnerable, therefore I'm weak. I'm vulnerable, therefore I'm more needy than this person. I lost. Um, you are actually having the courage to show up and, and to be seen. And maybe that's being seen by a health practitioner who might share something like, oh, you're going to have to go wheat free. I have some people say that's the one thing that was holding them back. But how much more is your health and having being pain free and bloat free and having energy would that be? And it's usually way, way more than just being wheat free in terms of if it was as simple as wheat free, you might not be listening to this podcast episode. 
But uh, in Brene Brown's research, she found that vulnerability uh, is seems to be more the key to happiness than anything else. It is part of having contentment and in part of having a relationship. It's a cure to isolation and fear. Vulnerability is not the sickness, which to be is to be avoided. It is the cure and you must seek it out. And then lastly, um, in the cost uh, section, we have just the lifestyle being a cost that you might come across. And I want you to consider this when you're, when, if that's kind of what's holding you up, like I might have to change something. I might have to change how I spend money or how I eat food or some of my, what my daily norms are when I go to bed or any, any of those particulars are kind of holding you back. Consider if your norms got you to the place where you're at, you will likely have to give something up to get out of that place. And that could be mindset things. That could be relationships that have been a part of your life that are holding you back. Whatever it is, your team is going to help you identify that. And that could be, again, family, friends, health practitioners, all those people working together. But if you are if you are more held fast to your norms, then technically you don't then you have to be you have to be real with yourselves. You don't want to get better. You want to instead focus on do you want to get better or not? Do you want to give up your norms or do you want to hold on to your norms? Because that's ultimately what you are you're, you're measuring. Do you want to hold on to your norms or do you want to actually get better? Um, and I really want to actually take a moment on this point to say I'm not even only talking about just food habits or meditation or gratitude because those count. But often, if you're listening to this podcast episode, I find that that's not what you're struggling with. I'm really talking about trusting other people, trusting yourself, trying something new, stepping out on a limb, investing in your health. If you've already done the doctor appointments and the low FODMAP diet and acupuncture and vagus nerve activation and breathing techniques, that's your norm. And doing something abnormal means just doing something you haven't tried before. It means doing something new. Try something new. Uh, And then in the last section, uh, the third barrier that keeps you from choosing your team and having those, those group of people pull together and be around you and give you support and that comfort and insight into your health um, is trust. And so we talked about lack of trust in self. And so one thing that I want to encourage you with this is I want you to think about a time that you did invest in something, maybe it's time, energy, or money, that investment word can, can capture all three of those. Um, think about something you, a time you did invest in something and you did get something back from it. Maybe you invested in going to college, you invested in a yoga class and you actually got more flexible or got less pain. Um, any type of improvement in your life for an investment that you made, you, you made a good decision and you can make good decisions and your body can get better, even if you haven't seen it get better in a long time. The other thing is to consider that biology is consistent, as in if somebody else can get better, they have the same human body that you do. And I know there's genes and people get really into that, but genes very much can be turned on and off. And that has to do with something called epigenetics that we've been discovering in the field of functional health, that your genes can be encouraged to be turned on and off by your lifestyle and your environment. The other point that I talked about here was trust in a practitioner. And so uh, if you're struggling in trusting a practitioner, I actually have a lot of sympathy for this. I talk about this on several podcast episodes because I realize it's such a big point or big, big kind of sticky point. On episode 57, I recorded my top five best and worst investments in my health. And on that episode, I also talked about how you can evaluate your own uh, investments and the fact that investments can go south. They can they can be really amazing. And I give you some tips on how to make sure that your investments in your health are as good as they possibly can be. Um, I also have on episode 33, I talk about uh, the vetting process of finding a good health practitioner. Uh, it's episode 33 how to find a good practitioner, or episode 23, three reasons we struggle investing in our health and what could happen if you don't. These are all episodes where I really tackle this problem of trusting another practitioner to help you get better. How can you know you're going to find the right one? The truth is there's a lot of people out there who are helping a lot of people, and there's a lot of people out there who are not helping people or or they're, they're getting, you know, just kind of neutral, same old, same old. And so that's a 
that's a fact and a truth, but you can find somebody who is going to help you get better and you're going to have to trust them to do that. And so just ask yourself, uh, you can listen to those episodes. I talk about what I call the ideal practitioner, uh, the ideal practitioner response, how you can know if you've kind of found this right person to work with you. There's different things that go on inside you that you can evaluate and different things, different signs and signals. So go check out those episodes if you want to learn more about either my health history, things that I've done that were not great investments, um, or if you want some key pointers and tips and insights on how you can vet a good health practitioner. So when it comes to creating your dream team, number one, pick people you trust. Number two, have a mix of professionals and friends. It doesn't have to be all professionals. And definitely I wouldn't suggest it's all friends, but get get a mix of both. People, the friends and family can help be with you um, in, you know, at night and in between visits with your health professional and then your health professional can help do that that heavy lifting of science and insight and and looking at patterns in your symptoms and really finding hopefully the root cause of what's going on in your health. You can when it comes to creating your dream team, you can number 3 say goodbye to anyone who hasn't gotten you results. And I'm just want you to have a moment where you are actually set free. It is okay to let go of somebody who hasn't helped you get results. It doesn't make you a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk to do or to say goodbye. Yeah, you don't have to have a hard conversation on like, you didn't really help me. You're such a jerk. This is horrible. But just you can either stop showing up or tell them, hey, I'm going to go try something else. You can even ask them, hey, is there anything else you would recommend for me? Because most likely, whoever you're working with, if they haven't helped you get results, they want you to get better. And maybe they don't know how to say, hey, I don't think this is working. So um, you can always even just ask them, hey, is there anybody or anything else you think I should be trying? And number four, for creating your dream team, I want to encourage you to trust again. Trust people with your vulnerability. Trust people with your confidence. Trust people with your investment of your time, energy, and money. Because ultimately, your team is going to to help you get further, faster, farther. Those are the three words for two things, further and farther and faster. And they're going to give you that camaraderie to help you endure for the long run. So to wrap up on this episode, I just want to encourage you, as Dr. Cloud says, set a boundary on your tendency to be a closed system and open yourself to outside inputs that bring you energy and guidance. It's a rookie player or a rookie leader who holds with pride her ability to handle almost everything that comes her way, while seasoned champions, on the other hand, are well-connected and bolstered with a strong support system, a personal advisory board, a coach, and plenty of mentors to inject new energy and resources into the mix. Guys, it is time to lead yourself well, and part of leading yourself is having a team, having that gut health team of family and friends and health professionals and maybe a support group of outside energy and influences and resources who can help you get unstuck and move forward to be free and fully you. As we finish this episode out, I want you to ask yourself, do you have a health team? If yes, when is the last time that you invited in a new member to your health team? When's the last time that you had another major leap in your health? And if you haven't invited someone recently, who could you invite in next? If you don't have a health team, do you have some people that came to mind as I was talking? Oh my gosh, um, did you have a neighbor come to mind or a friend or a health practitioner you've been thinking of seeking out? Maybe it's a name, a specific name. I really want to work with this person in my town or I really want to work with some you know, or is it a is it a health profession? I really want to work with someone who's a chiropractor. I'm going to go find them, or I really want to work with someone who's a breathwork specialist. I want to go find them, find that person, and 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 work with them. If you don't have a team, ask yourself why not? Why do I not have a team? Which of these barriers to having a team are holding most true for me, and how can I overcome them? What steps do I want to take next? Um, suggestion if you are still building your team whether you have a big team or a small team whatever team size team you think you have um, just remember you can start with one person you don't have to have a 10 person team tomorrow you might not even need 10 people maybe you just need three but uh, you don't have to have every person you ever want or need on your health team right now just start with one person 
And often I find that this person, if you're just sitting here thinking, Allison, who should that be? I don't know who, I don't know which help, which person that should be on to be on my team. Um, who think of the first person that you are thinking of right now or thought of during this podcast episode? Was there someone who clearly came to the front of your mind as this person would be just great? It could be a friend that you trust and who's a great listener and and who's had conversations with you on your health. Uh, Or maybe they don't know how sick you are, but you feel that you trust them, talk to them, open up to that person. It could be the husband who knows how sick you are, but you've never officially asked them to be on your team to say, hey, I want to change. Will you be a part of that? Will you help me? It could be a health practitioner that you know, or a health practitioner you know you want to find. And that could be the first person you add onto your team. Whoever it is, whoever it is you you thought of, just go back and think of who is somebody you thought of, that first person, and go with that. Go with your gut. Um, but if you are listening to this and you don't have anybody else, you're thinking, gosh, Allison, I've been listening to this podcast for a while and I really appreciate the information you have here. I'm here because I want to help be part of your team for you. It is why I created the foundations program. So if you are ready to find the root cause of your gut health problems, I want to encourage you sign up for the foundations program waitlist. find the root cause of your gut health problems through functional lab testing done right at home. Stop guessing in your health and get results fast and get further in your health than you have in years. I want to help you become the hero of your health. Let the Foundations Program be a part of your team. All right, guys. Well, if you are ready to join the Foundations Program, I want to to invite you to join the Foundations Program waitlist by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist or by clicking the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to work with you when the Foundations Program opens again after my maternity end leaves. And if you are listening to this after my maternity end, maternity leave has ended, still join the waitlist. I'll be using that waitlist to communicate and tell you when we have openings in our program from here on out. Also, if you are local to our office in Metro Detroit, I would love to see you in our office. You can book a new client evaluation for craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. If our office scheduler is for you, can also join our waitlist there. Just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash book now and find an appointment that is next available or join our waitlist. Now, if you love this episode, I want to encourage you. We have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you thought of someone while listening to this episode, I want to encourage you. Take a screenshot and share it with a friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend you thought of a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review. I love to see what is going on and what you're loving about this podcast. If you've been listening to this episode and it's your first time or you've been here for months and months and episodes and episodes, I would love to hear from you. Just go to our Apple iTunes by clicking the link in the show notes or if you're in the app, scrolling down to the bottom and click leave a rating and review. I would love to hear what is hitting you the most in our podcast episodes. Other ways you could stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners there and it means so much if you drop by and said hi and remember as always our motto miracles are immediate but healing takes time give yourself the space but also let yourself believe for more you can go faster and you can go further it only takes a team and you are one person away very possibly from your next big health breakthrough i cannot wait to see you on the other side